There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your setting. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Welcome to Sci-Fi Talk on the Fangirl Zone, a podcast where we discuss shows that used to be on the Sci-Fi Channel. I'm Sean Fangirl S. And I'm Steve, and today we'll be discussing Episode 7 of Season 5 of The Expanse. Okay, so I was worried. Yeah. So I couldn't watch this episode right away, and I kept seeing like a smattering of stuff online, and people asking Fred, who sends a feedback a lot, are you okay? And then Steve's like, did you watch it? Oh my gosh. I'm like, oh my god. I just kept thinking somebody was dying. Right. And I'm like, no, they wouldn't do that to a main crew, right? I was freaking out. So when I do finally watch this, there were tears. Yep. I think I was more stressed out going into it, though, than I would have normally been. <laughs> During the episode, yeah. <laughs> and I was just thinking, oh my god, what's going to happen? So this one was way more emotional than I was expecting from the show. Right. And it wasn't just a huge tear fest, but I, I will say that I was not prepared for what happened. No. And honestly, now we know when stuff has been on sci-fi before, or I believe we had some on USA, that they'll put a warning in front of certain shows. Right. This one felt like it should have had one. Yes. Because of the mental abuse part. Yes. It's like you've seen it happening, and I think that was so hard. And so if for some reason you're listening to us before you watch the show, which is kind of weird, but if you're doing that, there's definitely... We're going to warn you now that this had yeah, scenes in it that were just really, what's the best word? Well, there's, Super there's definitely emotional. Abuse. I mean, yeah, but there was definite abuse oh, yeah. that, that was happening. And it, it is, I guess, trigger warning would be the best way to say it. But uh, I just give yourself time to like breathe and kind of deal with it because it was rough. Yes. So let's jump into episode seven. Oi dang. Naomi makes a desperate attempt to save her son from Marco. On the Rossi, Holden battles for the last sample of the protomolecule. Oh, God. Okay, so we have the Rossi and the Razorback. They're they're coming together. Almost, Almost. at least. Yeah. <laughs> Almost. Like, dang it. They were so close. Because we do get a message, which we'll get to it. But apparently there's not much of a delay. And I kept hoping that because of that, it'd be like, here's our coordinates. Let's just meet up and come together. But it made sense what happened. Right. Because Holden still has his sights on the Zamea. And Monica sits down in the mess hall with him and asks Point Blake, what are we going to do with the sample when we retrieve it? And I don't know about you, but I'm like, she better not be recording this shit. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Because I was like, she's doing an interview and he doesn't even know. Yep. But Holden says him and Bull have agreed they're going to destroy it. 
And it seemed to to make her, I guess, a little more at ease. Right. And I was happy, but I don't know. It's like the way the camera kept panning to her and like just full on her face. Like they're going to show she's recording. And I was just like, it was hard to get into the moment because I was expecting that that kind of sort of betrayal to happen. Right, right. And it's still good. That's true. They just didn't show it, but yeah, right. they could. <laughs> the conversation does end up going over to Fred Johnson and how he was a complex man and he just opted not to de- destroy the sample. But Monica also finds out how he got the sample. This is where I was worried. Right. I'm like, she's going to freaking blow this shit out of the water. It's going to be bad. Right. Yeah. Okay. Naomi is the one who gave it to him. So, yeah. and Holden tells her. So that may not end well for Naomi. Yeah. If it gets uh, out. I'm hoping Monica has enough integrity not to do that. Right. I guess we'll find out. Yes, we will. <laughs> and then we're up, up on the bridge and we have Holden talking to Bull and he's confessing that he never fully trusted Fred because it always appeared that he was hiding something. Right. And I'm right on board with Holden at this point because I kind of felt that way about Fred all the time. Oh, absolutely. You never felt like he was giving you the whole truth and nothing but the truth. (laughs) Right. And Bull remarks that Fred and Holden were exactly alike and that's probably why you guys butted heads. (laughs) It's like, oh, okay, well. And Bull, kind of a prickly dude and he's all good for a friendship except we're not sure if that's going to happen right although it was really interesting because holden does say that he had talked to fred at one time and fred wanted to be put in the was it the reclavator when he died yeah and bull's like nah that's not gonna happen he deserves better than mushrooms i'm like yes (laughs) well that was his last wish he's like nope not happening I don't know. I kind of feel like that's what he wanted. Right. Who are you to say no? But whatever. Yep. But this is the point that we get a message from Alex, who is not on Mars. Nope. As Holden was assuming he was. But instead, hey, he's in Rap Tycho with Bobby because there is a whole lot of heavy shit happening. Belters, Martian warships. It's crazy. By the way, let me send you this information and we need to talk. Yeah. It's like, well, that doesn't sound good. No. And that's when Holden realizes, wait, there's not much of a delay. Now, they can't seem to talk live yet. Right. But it's pretty quick. But back on the Razorback, we get a message from Avatslara that lets Alex and Bobby know that the UN will be using the intel they sent to help track down Marco's ship. But things are pretty much a rot down here. So it might be a little while. Yeah. And next thing we know, we get a message from Holden. And they're like, wow, that was that was really fast. That's odd. But hey, guess what? Marco stole Fred's protomolecule and we're trying to find the ship that it's on to destroy it. Well, shit. Yeah. It's <laughs> pretty much the best Bobby and Alex can come up with. So listen, it's a whole lot bigger than you thought because he has warships from Mars. It's like, what? Because Bull, you see this happening and you're assuming this is probably within just a few minutes of right. these messages back and forth. Because Bull, in his stunned reaction, Jesus, Anaro has his own Navy for real. We thought this was just BS. Right. <laughs> no. Not so much. And of course, Holden's more interested in the fact that the Chetsamoka, which was Naomi's ship, is one of the vessels that he just got the info from Alex on. It's like, okay, okay, get your head on straight. Right. And you'd see him take that pause and you see Monica giving him the evil eye like, don't you dare. (laughs) 
Right. So Holden does swallow his emotions. And even as Monica's like, we can't go after her. You know that. This is more important. He agrees with them. He's like, yeah, you guys, we can't deviate from the protomolecule hunt. And instead, he sends something to Alex and Bobby. He's like, can you trail behind and watch? Because if we lose them, we're going to lose Naomi. Because he has Naomi. And again, well, this is great. Yeah. (laughs) But without hesitation, Alex and Bobby agree. And it was Bobby who actually did it first. She's like, I'll change the heading. Yep. And I'm not quite sure if Bobby did it because she knew like how the team basically was going to react or if she did it because she didn't want Alex to like have to make another decision like that. What do you think? Yeah, I kind of have a feeling that she did it because she didn't want Alex to have to make another decision like that. I really do because he's kind of been mentally compromised all the way down to his core and still hasn't had time to deal with it yet. Mm -hmm. So hopefully they can kind of work through some of that while they're tailing Marco. I did notice, though, Alex, of course, said something back right away. He's like, we're not going to let him go, boss. We're going to keep her. We're going to keep her in our sights. And, you know, it it was a really short message. He didn't even say it exactly that way. But it was like, this is our family. We got this. Yeah. And at this point, even Bobby was like, we're family. We got we got to do this. So I I really like the fact that it happened that way. Yep. Of course, poor Holden (laughs) needs some coffee at this point. (laughs) I figured at this point he needs something stronger. Yep. But Monica's like, all right, let's talk this through. And he does mention about heavier stuff in, in Amos's bunk. Yes. But I think even Monica's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll check it out later. She's like, yeah. I'm not going in his bunk. <laughs> Probably has that shit booby trapped. I don't know. <laughs> but Holden's like, Marco's loyalists aren't just belters. And how the heck could he have afforded those gunships? Right. And that's when they realize you got more people on board realizing that that's somebody with top level MCRN clearance. That admiral, all right. I really didn't want to believe it. Yeah. Although I'm still leaning towards his assistant, but obviously we don't know. We have three more episodes after this. Who right. knows if we're even going back to Mars? At yeah, this point. I kind of doubt it. <laughs> but Monica actually has a theory. Well, what's Marco using as payment? And it's like, I felt like she knew something. Yeah. But she needed Holden to get there. Yeah. And he's like, it was the protomolecule along with that scientist that they kidnapped. Cheese and rice. This is something else. And it's like Mars is already going through the gate and they're giving basically like, okay, well, this is Mars planet and this is Earth planet and the Belters are fighting to get a planet. But they're getting things with Mars and Earth that the Belters aren't. So the fact that they seem to want to cause a freaking war with these ring gates, this is not good. No. It's very stressful, (laughs) making me wonder again, are we even getting to the ring gates to find out what's happening? I kind of doubt it. (laughs) Killing me. They're killing me. But, of course, Monica has not managed to figure out what's going on between Marco and Naomi. And Holden's like, oh, well, (laughs) I can help you with that one. Yeah. (laughs) And, of course, he's explaining they have a kid together. It was when they were young. And then Bull's like, we found the Zameda. Oh, okay. Let's move our butts and get moving. All right, everybody. Suit up because it's going down. Yeah. And whoa, it was going down. Yes, it was. That was an awesome (laughs) fight scene. And Bull proved that he's 
a very competent pilot. Yes, they all had the juice. And this was interesting because I didn't see anybody's nose bleeding. So is it something with the suits then, too, yes, that helped? I think okay. so. But there was a hell of a lot of torpedoes out there. Yes, there was. And yeah, all this gunfight back and forth and the rail gun and yay, the Rossi survived. And they're like, all right, Samaya, power down and prepare to be boarded. And I'm thinking... It's not going to be this easy no. because we seen something, which we'll get to about Marco's like, they know what to do. I'm like, oh, crap. Yeah. What are they doing? But before Holden and company can get over there, because thankfully Bull was smart enough saying maybe we should send the drones first. Yep. Thank God somebody was thinking. Yeah. Because it's like, all right, we're going to go. We're going to ship's data. We'll find out information. Nope. The Zemea blows itself up and Holden dropped one long <laughs> F-bomb. <laughs> yes, he did. I think it had like eight syllables. <laughs> I was like, okay, were there people actually on the Zemea? Or was there something at some point where they switched? It just seemed really strange. And there's no way they blew up the protomolecule. Yeah, there's no way that they were going to give that up. And I think as soon as Marcos realized that the Rossi didn't get destroyed, that Holden was coming after him, that, yeah, they probably made a switch somewhere before the Rossi got started. They did mention a belter skiff at some point. Right. So I feel like that that can't just be a throwaway, right? No. All right. Let's go to the Pella, which is pretty much the rest of the episode. Yes. (laughs) Which seriously, I this is where I was crying in case you couldn't figure that out. I wasn't crying over the Zavea. No. You have Naomi dreaming of happier times and the flashbacks from when Philip was a baby. And it was just so sweet. And I'm like, well, they're going to kill us with something, I'm sure. Yeah, we seem to be getting more of the whole story, I think. We see how much they love their son and how much Marco and Naomi seem to love each other. And, of course, we come to the shattered realization that that is not what's happening. No. Because Naomi is in her cell on the Pella. And her own safety is not really her concern. She is fearful that she arrived too late to get Philip away from his father's control. Ugh. And again, this is when you start seeing the various levels of abuse from Marcos. So despite Naomi's concerns, the uh, who it, it it was suggested right. that Philip isn't a total lost cause. Yeah, it because, was definitely hinted at. <laughs> yes, but again, it's like, okay, you can have so much awareness of what's happening, but if you're in that kind of situation, it doesn't mean that you're going to be able to break out of it. Right. Because we see Philip in his quarters reading about the behemoth and his mother's heroics when Marco comes in and he stopped. I'm thinking, why do you have your door open? But whatever. He stopped and kind of looked and you just see this moment like flash on his face like, huh, he's paying attention to her, not me. Right. Like Marco is just mad. And uh, Philip disappears the report and he lies. He's like, oh, yeah, just scanning reports about the free Navy victories and yay us. And Marco, of course, saw it, but he's not saying anything. And I don't know if Philip thinks his dad believed him or not. Right. But instead, he seizes the opportunity to give a demonstration of just how manipulative he is. And this is where I'm saying all the mental abuse starts coming in. Oh, yeah. 
Marco could easily just take the Chetsmoka and do what he wants, but it's a junker and Naomi gave it to you. But how about you do me a favor and let me use it without saying why? Right. And it's just always trying to lead Philip where he wants him to go and test him. And he's like, you know, I know you've been spending time with her lately. So I wasn't sure if that ship held some sentimental value to you or something. It's like, Ugh. yeah, just digging it in. Yeah, let me just let me just see how bad this is. And of course, Philip's like, I want you to be proud of me. And instead of saying something along the lines of, I am proud of you, Marco's like, let me go all Han Solo here. Oh, I know. Yeah. Only definitely not in the same way as Han Solo. Oh, no. (laughs) And next up on this manipulation mind trip, we have Marco stopping at Naomi's cell, where he kind of turns on the charm, but it was creepy, and I'm like, he's going to kill her. Yeah. (laughs) And Marco's like, yeah, you know, I only withheld Philip from you as a way to lure you back into my arms. And she's like, yeah, I don't think so. No. It's a long time since it's just been two of us together, but we are not having this conversation because they start arguing about Philip. He has his own personality and he's his own person. He doesn't deserve to die for your dreams like you tried to do to me. And Marco's like, you have no idea who he is and what he'll do. It's like, wait, he's sprinkling like reality in there because he's getting mad. Right. And can't control everything that Naomi is doing. But he is mentioning like something about the knife at some point. And I thought because he had the knife, he was going to stab her. Right. That he was going to do his dirty work for once? Nah. No, just mess her up. Oh, well, okay. (laughs) Of course, Naomi is all upset because she missed Philip's childhood. And it only happened because you hid him from me. And I'm not sorry I left. The pain of losing Philip was not as horrible as the pain of having to stay with you. And I feel like at this point, Marco, yeah, green-eyed monster was popping up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she was able to dig right back at him, which he wasn't expecting. Right, because Holden is tip of Marco's tongue. He is just not happy with the fact that she's with an earther, and Naomi's like, he's all the things you pretend to be. And the only reason I'm still alive is because, Marco, you don't want Philip to realize that I've been right about you all along. And, of course, that's when you just see Marco seething. Yes. (laughs) And, again, I'm like, he is going to cut you. What are you doing? Yeah. Well, she feels like she has nothing to lose. True. Because if Marco does kill her, then Philip really will see what his father's all about. So, yeah, it's a no-win situation for her right now, so she just, hey, maybe I can antagonize him enough to do something. Well, we'll see what happens, but Marco lets her out of her cell. Right. He's like, free to move about the cabin. (laughs) (laughs) I know she didn't trust him. I didn't trust him. No. And we see her walking about, and she ends up at Phillip's room looking to talk to him and she's looking around at stuff and grabs his razor and i think at this point she realizes wow he is a lot older than i was really expecting him to be even though she yeah she has not given up on him nope but he comes in her room or he comes to his room excuse me and finds him there and he's i don't know friendly open 
And I love it when, when he's like, what are you going to do? Try to kill him with my razor? And she's like, no, just wasn't expecting a razor. You're older than I thought. Yep. <laughs> and she is still trying to get to the point of how dangerous his father is. Yep. And she's like trying to plead her case, basically. I was so young, just barely older than you. And I fell in love with him. And it made me blind to everything because he made me believe I was the center of the universe. And this is her explaining all of the abuse that she had dealt with. Right. Gaslighting and everything. And how she had written the code for the Augustine Gamara, but she didn't know what it was that she was doing exactly. Right. Because it was his ideals and he never explained anything. Right. And she says how wrong she was. And Philip's like, I don't regret anything I've done. It's like, all right. But as you look at him, it's like, really? Because there's tears in your eyes. Right. So are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> Putting on a brave face, but your face is giving you away. Yes. And yes, you at that moment, you think there's maybe an inkling of hope for Philip. Right. Because he doesn't resist when she pulls him into an embrace. Right. And this is when things get even more teary-eyed for me because he asks her why she left. And I was like sitting there going, oh, my God, she has to explain it. And this is going to be so hard. Right. And she tells them the story and everything leading up to the departure, including how she was ready to walk out of an airlock. Yep. And I think that really messed him up because he was not expecting that. He was expecting basically that his dad had said she left us. She didn't want us. She didn't love us. And that's not what Naomi told them. And that was really, I think, hard for him to understand. Right. And when she says walking away was the only choice I had left, walking away is the only choice anyone ever has. And I feel like that's something that kind of clicked with him. I certainly hope so. But (laughs) I think so, especially at the end of the episode. Maybe. Maybe. So I I think that he was not expecting any of that, though. No, he was expecting probably a story that was more self-centered around her because the story he got from his father was centered around him if he really sits down and thinks about it. Right. And And the fact that she tells him, your father hid you from me and I searched for a really long time and I could, there was no way I can find you. Right. I think that surprised him. Yeah. And then we see Naomi in the mess hall and Sin comes in and that's the first time they've seen each other again or at least talked since she whacked him with the wrench and he kind of looked and I swear he looked at his tools like is there a wrench in here? Yes. (laughs) And apparently there's no bad blood between them because you know I had to say the Rossi and I'm sorry I hit you and she's like I've been hit harder. Yeah. Okay this is weird but it's like whatever works I guess. (laughs) But again thank you for making me cry again. Right. Because the conversation gets real real fast. Yeah. We're getting the whole story of this now. Oh my gosh. I was not expecting to get all of this. No. In this. Because <laughs> Sin brightens up stuff that's pretty much been weighing on him for years. That he went to look for her and I seen you walk into the airlock. And I think that surprised Naomi that somebody had seen her do it. Right. It's like, I was so relieved when you walked back out. I didn't think there was anything that could break you. And when she explains more, it's like, okay, you, I'm assuming he's somehow family. It's like you may have been family but you didn't know what Marco was doing all those years. And then when Sin starts getting teary-eyed, I'm like, oh crap. Yeah. 
He admits that the reason that she was never able to find Philip was because he helped Marco hide him. And he was only ever pretending to help Naomi look for the baby. And oh my God, it felt like somebody just jabbed a knife into my gut and twisted. Oh, absolutely. You could feel Naomi's pain. I couldn't believe it. The person who she probably looked at like a father figure. Right. Help and and help basically break her. Yeah. And he did say that he went to talk to her the next morning after the airlock incident. And I think he said he was going to come clean. Right. But she had already left. Yeah. And so Naomi's like, well, you want to make up for it? Help me now. And I really don't know where Sin's head has been all these years. Right. You know, he's been part of Marco's crew for all this time. He's been helping raise Philip. But at the same time, he didn't seem to have too much of a problem about the Rossi being blown up. But then again, maybe what he was doing was giving her the opportunity to contact the Rossi. I'm not sure. But we do have that moment of hope because... The Rossi is not in pieces like it's supposed to be. It's closing in on the Zemea. Right. But we have Marco super pissed at Sin, at Philip, and you guys didn't want me to space her. But you know what, Philip? We're going to show everybody the price of your failure. It's like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. Because, uh, wait, was it? All right. Now I'm, I'm getting confused because I'm like so well, stressed. Yeah, the, the, the failure was Sin's failure about the Rossi. Okay. Yeah, I'm like, this wait. is the standoff. <laughs> between Sin and and Marco and we find out that basically Sin raised Marco as well and you kind of go oh crap right right okay I'm like hold on come back to it because Marco's like you taught me how to be strong but now look at you Naomi's back in your week right and Marco kind of revealing he's more concerned with Naomi turning Philip against him it's like what what is wrong with you yeah <laughs> issues like you need therapy Marco yeah and Naomi has warned that Marco only cares about himself and Philip of course is like that can't be true that's my dad but this is my mom so he approaches his father and he's like, I want to do more for the cause. Like, I want to captain one of the ships in the fleet. And again, here comes the freaking mental abuse. Oh, absolutely. Marco humiliates his son. Now, I kind of feel like at first everybody's like, oh, you know, like turning their head like we're not going to watch this. Right. Because he's like, oh, do you want everybody to know how you screwed up here or you messed up here? And you are nothing without me. These people are calling my name. They care about me. Nobody knows you. You're nothing. And when that happened, I was like gasping. Right. You think, all right, this is going to do it. This will be the thing that turns Philip to Naomi. Right. Except he planned it all out. Because then he's like, you're my heir. And one day you'll lead the belt after I'm gone. And people will be calling your name. Fill up, fill up. And then the, the crew starts chanting Philip. And like he's looking around. And when you see Philip's face, like, oh, okay. It's enough to draw the kid back in. Yep. And that that was just painful. Yes. <laughs> so close and yet now so far away. The hits keep coming. Yep. Because Naomi's brought to the bridge. Now, one of the guys that brought Naomi up was one of Drummer's people. Right. The guy with the triangle. So I really thought something was going to happen yeah. good for us. Yes. <laughs> but hey, Marco is going to go ahead and tell you what's going on, Naomi. Yep. Let's dig it in some more. Yeah. I asked Philip if I can use the 
Chismoka. Yeah, he was fine. So we're going to use that to lure the Rossi in and then destroy it. And then we'll let you go because you thought you were getting out. We'll put you on, what did he say, a float and leave you there. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, Naomi is shocked and she turns to Philip, hoping there's a shred of goodness in it. But then he calls her a pathetic, earth-loving Walwala, which is traitor, and slaps her and then says, you are everything that I am not. And oh my God. Yeah, that did it right there. You yeah, see it, the just desperation now in Naomi's face that this is just not going to happen. Right. And Marco's like, did you really think you can get my son to betray me? And again, when he's like, you are nothing, that's all you're going to be left with. And she even looks towards Sin and he turns away from her. Right. And I am in tears. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I can't believe this is happening. And we have Naomi like reach out to punch him. I'm, I'm sorry, Naomi is a lot stronger. She should have been able to at least land a punch on Marco's face. Yes. <laughs> Instead, he grabs her and he's like whispering, you know, like, ha ha ha, you suck kind of thing. Yeah. But I don't think Naomi is 100% ready to, to understand that Sin is involved in some kind of cruel plan because we've seen him on the Chetsmoka with his toolbox when Naomi looked at him or, you know, she's remembering this, but he doesn't say anything. Right. And they're just like, just take her away. And those two people take her out like i said the one was drummer's guy and i was really hoping that when he put her in the cell he was going to say something like drummer's looking for you something right but oh I don't know. I don't know what I wanted. Yeah. <laughs> now, Naomi, of course, only has one family left at this point. It's the Rossi. Yes. And desperate times call for desperate measures. Yes. Because Marco has totally backed her into a corner. And I feel at this point, Sin was still trying to help because they didn't lock Naomi in the cell. They, no. they let her kind of wander. And when she knows what's going to happen to the Chetsmoka and the Rossi, it's like he seemed to go into full deja vu panic mode because he's like where's naomi right now right and he sees her standing at the airlock looking at the ship yep and he gets up and leaves now he doesn't go running out but philip turns and looks and sees what's on the screen right and naomi walks into the airlock and sin like jumps in right before the doors close yeah yeah and she had grabbed something and i didn't know what it was right and she even shows it to sin and she says you shouldn't have followed me and he's like no 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 we can work this out and and Philip does end up on the other side of those doors. Now, I don't think Naomi's seen Philip. No. Because she opens the exterior door and she like jumps out towards the, the Chetsmoka. And Sin has his hand out like, no. And I'm thinking, why is he not closing the door? Right. <laughs> She's out there. You can't get her. Nope. Close the door so you don't die. Nope. But apparently. I think it finally just broke him as well as to what he had done to Naomi all these years. Yeah. And I'm wondering if Philip, as he's watching this, because you see his face like, what the hell? Right. I'm wondering if he's remembering her words, walking away is the only choice. Yes. Now, like she jumped towards the Chetsmoka and hopefully something's happening. Well, she ends up stabbing herself with the oxygenated blood, like the super shot. Yes. And it gives her a few more moments. But you see like the eye, like the blood vessels breaking in the eye and her eye swelling. And I'm like, what is happening? Yes. 
<laughs> yeah, you're really close to death there, Naomi. Right, but she manages to grab on to the Chetsmoko, which, again, between her and Alex last episode, like heart pounding. She gets yeah. in, and you don't see the airlock closing yet, but I'm assuming it's closing. Right. And it goes back, and you see Sin with his hand out, like, reaching for her, and he's gone. Yep. And Philip, I, I don't know if it's the realization, like, oh my god, these two people... Like, his mom's gone. Yep. Sin, who has been this huge member of his family, gone. Yep. And he's alone. Is he going to remember everything that Naomi says and everything Sin has taught him? And is he going to finally open his eyes? Is everything I want to know. Right. But only thing. Yeah. <laughs> Farewell. Wow. <laughs> this was rough. And I was I was in tears at the end because I'm like, oh, my God, she's walking out the airlock. Is that right. going to change? I really thought she was dead. Yep. Although I don't know how alive she's going to be. Right. Over on the Chetsmoka when she has to kind of figure out how to take it off of the autopilot and fix herself and warn the Rossi. And it's just so much stuff. Right. And that ship's not far away, not far away enough that Mark Marco couldn't could just as easily just blow it up. Right. But it's like holy so, crap. You know, why take a chance of Naomi messing up his plan to get revenge on Holden? Unless, but, and this is a stretch, Philip doesn't tell him because he doesn't know what's going on right now. True. So I mean Philip could just say she walked out the airlock and Sin tried to stop her and he got caught up in the airlock. Who knows right. how this this might play out. True. Oh my god, I'm so stressed. <laughs> We only have three more episodes. I know. If they're going to keep raising the stress level, I'm going to have to start taking medication. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well. But I'm stressed. There's got to be more people stressed, right, Steve? I would certainly hope so. Well, we're going to find out if our friend Fred from the Netherlands is stressed out as we are. So let's hear what he thought of the episode. Hello, Steve, Sean, and all listeners to the Fangirl Zone. This is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback for DX Bonds Season 5, Episode 7. Gee, what a Naomi family Inaros heavy episode. The interactions between all three of them were very, very heavy. Between Marco and Philip and the pressure he puts on him. And in a completely different way, actually also the pressure Naomi puts on him. And then the very tense discussion, power play almost, between Naomi and Marco. So far Monica Stewart is an asset. She helps putting things in perspective for James Holden. Okay, that was all for now. It was a short feedback, but I don't have to say much more. Almost the whole episode centers around the Inaros slash Naomi family. Great. All the best. Fred from the Netherlands. Uh, Short and sweet. (laughs) Very heavy, though. Yes. Oh, my gosh. So I'm guessing that you're a little stressed talking about how heavy all the interactions are. And you just didn't tell us that. Yeah. (laughs) Because seriously, like I have pressure in my back right now like from holding my shoulders and all i'm doing is talking about this right (laughs) like watching it and i could not watch it a second time because it was one of those episodes that were just like i don't know if i'll make it a second time yeah may take a few years to be able to rewatch that one again (laughs) there's some episodes on some of these shows that it's one time that's all i can do yep Uh, but an amazing episode just it was so good though 
All right, Steve, we had Fred's feedback. Do we have any other feedback today? Oh, we sure do. Once again, our friend Christina from Ohio has left us some feedback. And let's see what kind of great knowledge she drops on us this time. Hey, guys, Christina here with feedback on episode seven. Oh, yeah, dang, man. This is when Naomi Nagata ascended the throne of most badass woman in space. I have been waiting for this moment for so long. She has finally dealt with her past as best she could. She did and confronted the things she needed to confront. And then she had to say, oh, yeah, dang. And the same emotional, traumatic way in which she left her family and that she's doing it to save her new family, the family that saved her in so many ways. Just such beautiful cinematic poetry. Let's get into some of these interactions because, man, look, let's start with Marco and Philip. There was definitely some debate during the season like, oh, it's going to go the kind of predicted route. She's going to get through to her son and he's going to help her out or he's going to soften. And what I love is that they show you that that does happen. However, he's also a man or a man child that analyzes his father and has been taught under this delusion, under this same pool that she herself fell enthralled to. And he's at the same exact age she was when she fell under that spell once again the cinematic poetry but it's just it becomes that space opera drama between these three as history kind of repeats itself but now it's her son who's suffering from that need to do everything they can to please him and he even says it I just want to make you proud and Marco says I know oh hi thanks for checking in I'm still a piece of garbage I continue to be very fascinated even in appalled yes at Marco and his diabolical ways but man is it just good TV to watch I'm not gonna pretend that he's not pretty and that every time he speaks and talks and walks around I'm kind of just distracted by that but I also know that he makes a very complex villain and you hear that with his backstory a little bit you know we grew up on palace station orphans street rats and we know that street rats aren't treated great at all like they're the bottom of the bottom of the barrel and that's where Naomi comes from but while she grew to love her people and want to help her people in a non-violent way he grew resentful and wanted to help their people in a violent way and that is what he defines as a fighter to win is to oppress this is what the legacy of the inner treatment has created you create your own monsters and they tend to look a lot like yourself when you are putting that stuff up for reflection that's not to say or just Justify that he should also be an absolute manipulative, maniacal, psychologically sociopath that he is. And he uses that to his advantage several times this episode, but he's so damn good at it. The way he gets in to say, you know what? You're the one that taught me this. You were behind me. You were behind these plans. Don't get soft now. And it works. He tells Philip, oh, the failures we've had, we've had them because of you. You want to hear your name being chanted in the street? I'll allow you to hear that, but only after I've broken you down and told you how you yourself have not 
stepped up to the plate that is me and look how I am being treated versus how you want to be treated. He did think in for a moment that he was his own man. I don't have to be my father. I don't have to be my mother. And while he does want both in his life, he knows in the end, he can't reconcile those two things. He wants his cake and he to eat it too. But his parents, unfortunately, absolutely hate each other with the other one still kind of bitterly in love. <laughs> which brings us to our second interaction oh my god I'm already in five minutes which is Naomi and Marcos I just have to talk about this because look I've been waiting for them to be alone in a room for a very long time and (laughs) it did not disappoint they kind of made it a little sexual in the books just saying he was working out he had no shirt on she turned off his elliptical machine she was all up in his face he was glistening and he had a six-pack so this was okay. this was okay. This was okay, but you see that push and pull between them that she calls him out on all of his BS immediately. It gets under his skin. He doesn't like that it gets under his skin and he gets a little bit reckless letting her out. Maybe that was reckless, maybe that wasn't reckless, but you know he was watching her the whole time. He watched every conversation she had and was like, okay, I'm gonna put this bush up in this place. Yeah, you ain't gonna not gonna check me anytime soon. But back on topic between this dynamic, I just like them firing off each other, the actors. They have great chemistry together and in a different world. I mean, come on, we've all watched toxic relationships in TV before. I know I have scandal and still ship that still to this day. So, I mean, what I'm saying is when he leaned in for that kiss for half a second, I was like, Naomi, just go back to that memory you had in that flashback, which, oh my God, that flashback, it was adorable. You could see where the love was and why it's such a strong hate. And I like that dynamic, seeing it between those two people, because it very much has influenced them in two different ways. And Naomi has moved past and forward where he is still rather butthurt and stuck because those are real tales of their lives and he's like why you hate me and she was yelling like i hate you so much he was he took that man he gonna think about it later after he's done killing her entire family and putting her on the flow even though i am not sure according to that conversation he had with sin that he would have actually let her go because he said she's not leaving me unless he was like i'll put you on the float because that's me leaving you versus you leaving me marco is kind of like that he's got that possessive type of love he wants to break her and that's my favorite look line in the book which is he couldn't break me when i was a girl i don't know why he think he can break me now naomi nagata can't wait for more of the drama can't wait for you guys to catch up you're almost there love this episode so much love the space battle but come on now that's just orgasm porn right there see you next week bye wow All right, first of all, I have to say this out of order. No, Christina, bad, bad review. We don't <laughs> want Marco. I'm going to get the spray bottle like I do with my husband. <laughs> like, psh, psh, no, bad. Seriously, no, I get I get with the whole toxic relationship and shipping because um, how many people did that with villains in so many different movies? But I feel like most of the villains that, that most people ship out there <coughs> They have some kind of redeeming quality and that we see past the villainous moments into, okay, we know they're going to change. 
I do not see that in Marco at all. Right. Now, this may be completely personal because I don't know, it's something about him. And like we have said multiple, multiple times, hate the character, love the actor. But I mean, it's like me saying that Dolores Umbridge was a good person. That's how I look <laughs> at Marco. So I cannot see it. Um, yeah, I'll probably see him in something else. You know, years down the road, and I'll be like, oh, yeah, I hated him before. But, you know, it might change. But right now, I say no. (laughs) Yeah, and it's very (laughs) difficult. I mean, yes, we love to hate Marco because he is such a good actor in this character. But, you know, he's manipulated not only, apparently, the love of his life in Naomi. He's also doing it to his son. And that's where, you know, you got to draw the line somewhere. And And really, even with Sin, too, it's like they've been together for how long? And he's like, oh, no, let me plant these seeds of doubt within you, too. Right. Oh, he's just ah, the epitome of bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. His adopted father, his ex-girlfriend and his son. And he has no qualms about using his manipulation to rip each of their hearts out. So, yeah, not so uh, <laughs> much. But yes, the chemistry between the two was fantastic. And yeah, it, it was just awesome to see the flashback when they were actually happy. It was great to see Naomi put him in his place and actually hurt him a little bit. That was great. That was awesome, the way she got under his skin. And I know that sounds weird, but like when they had their interaction and at the end when even Phillip's like, "Um, I don't need you, I don't want you. And okay, so this just makes me say that Dominique is an amazing actress because you could instantly see like the hurt like in her eyes and it looked like she really felt that. Like, I really wonder what she was pulling from. Yeah. (laughs) Because all that vitriol that she was just spewing at them then about how she hates Marco and you see him flinch just the slightest bit and Philip even looked like he he was like damn okay I didn't think she'd act like this right so I mean I I thought that whole interaction was amazing yep and the one scene that was in well the way the book played out their uh confrontation yeah I can see how that might be a little more uh (laughs) spicy than what we saw but uh I don't think that would have worked well with what we've seen so far with them. Right. So, I mean, I don't know how the book is. Christina would have to fill us in. So what we've seen, I think the way it played out on screen worked out real well. Oh, I do too. I thought the scene was fantastic. If it played out more like the book, it probably would have worked much better, you know, like that the way she described it. Right. Well, once again, Christine, we really, really appreciate your feedback and knowledge from the books that we don't have. And it's just amazing to to hear you give us all this great information. And fans, if you want to hear more of Christina talking on The Expanse and other shows, go check her out at Black Girl Couch Review. Thanks, Christina. All right. We want to know what you 
you guys have to say, too, because you know about Fred, you know about Christina. I want to know more about what you are thinking, because Steve and I love when you guys catch stuff that we don't, because we haven't read the books, and there's so much little stuff that we miss. So let us know. Shoot us an email, or you can do like Fred and Christina, and send us an audio file to contact us at fangirlzone.com, and we will happily share it on our episodes. And while you're at it, if you can rate and review us on iTunes and every other platform you find us on, because good ratings and reviews help other fans of the show find us. We hope you're enjoying the show. Tell your friends, tell your friends to watch the show because holy shnikes, this is intense. Yeah. They can binge watch all five seasons by the time they get to season five. And I'd assume, I mean, I think it might take a little more than, than like two weeks to finish everything. Who knows? Yeah. Depending <laughs> on how much time you have on your hands. And if you want to check us out over at www.fangirlzone.com, our contacts page is there. It's easy to send us emails or tweet with us or Facebook or everything. And oh my gosh, I need a few moments. I need to breathe. So for this episode of Sci-Fi Talk. I am Sean Fangirlass. And I'm Steve. I didn't think there was anything that could break you. And until next time.